Fake Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. We got the app working, guys. One computer down. One computer down, millions more to go. That's right. And I can't lean back because my audio is wrong. I'm going to become a diva and get annoyed with my system. And then I'm going to have to hire an audio person to live in my house with me and make sure that my shit's ready before I come and sit down. So we're going to be losing a lot of money on this show. <laughs> well, because then I'm going to pay that person to quit so that you stay as close to the mic as possible because it makes my editing job easier. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. 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 Well, then we need one of those beer hats, but with a mic boom. The like 90s pop star microphone that just is sat on your head. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Can we do this? I think so. Seriously. I think that's fine. Get one of our interns on that, please. Okay. Uh, Unpaid slave. You work on a beer, converting a beer hard hat helmet into a a mic boom holding helmet and you know, leave the beer shit too. I was about to say, don't completely convert it. Just it's not about, or it's about and right. Yeah. We're not boomers here. We're not like my dad where he's like, Oh man, I don't want a phone. That's also a computer and a camera. Why can't I give a camera, a computer and a phone separate? Same thing. Exact same thing. But weren't boomers also the ones that invented the TV VCR? Uh, yeah, I think so. But it made sense to them. Maybe. I had one. That was my first car TV. Because you could plug it up to an inverter, you know? And, and you could watch something I liked it before you went on and it was just the idea that it was your first car which was <laughs> fascinating to me <laughs> you know how kids are today I mean you've seen them there's screens on everything half the phone half the cars have screens in them and they can watch TV or recorded shit but I would bring this tube TV on our long trips, once we finally got it, it was small enough that you could plug an inverter into your car and it wouldn't trip it, you know? So it's probably only an eight inch screen. <laughs> Something like that. And it weighed a ton, but it had a VCR built in so I could watch Spaceballs. I'm watching the same fucking movie on all these different devices. <laughs> <laughs> so used to you would watch it 
in the car <sighs> on your TV, but now you're watching it in the car on your TV. <laughs> Checks hey, out. Yeah. I, I own Spaceballs in multiple forms. I will say that might explain why they don't like combo devices because they're coming from a time when combo devices like all-in-ones were mechanical because if the VCR broke on that thing you just had a TV and then you would have to get like another VCR and plug it in and then explain to your friends every time they go to stick a tape in no don't use that one Put it in the other or worse, one. not even have the input to do it because a lot of those all-in-one devices assumed you weren't going to have an external input. Oh, right. So you just had a TV that did nothing. And tube TVs lasted forever because before that, you know, you bought a TV and you got it repaired. You kept it forever. So yeah, when the TV combo came out, TVs were becoming disposable, but in the minds of everybody out there, that was still a a thing you bought and then you know you probably never got a new one. You just died with that one. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a console TV in my grandma's basement that still works flawlessly. I mean, you can watch the power meter go, just start spinning like a fucking helicopter when you turn it on there, right? Yeah, there's no eco logo <laughs> to be found on that. Because <laughs> I remember my parents, the one I grew up with, you pulled a, a knob out to turn it on, and it wasn't like you pulled it out and it told it, to, it was a serious power switch because... Like it had force to it. You had to really pull it, and when it popped, it there was a significant, you know, pop, like a breaker turning on, you know, and then you could hear it powering up. It was, you know, that that sound of tubes coming on, and the sound of all your power being diverted to one thing in your house. That's like the first smart home. Your light's dim because it's theater mode. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't a big screen. It, I guess it was a decent-sized TV in its time, but and it, it weighed as much as any like significant furniture in your house. You weren't just moving it around. Well, that's why I say the, that old console TV, I'm guessing is probably a, I don't know, 20 inch maybe max but it's built into furniture yeah. like fully embrace the idea that this is just going to be a part of your living room you might as well have a bar on top of it right yeah yeah my, my parents it had a swivel base it was all wood you could spin it on its base and it had like a ball bearing system down there because like I said, it had significant weight to it, so it wasn't going to be a plastic pin through a hole. It needed some support there. Whereas now, my wife has a folding screen in her pocket 
Oh, she has the folding screen, huh? Fancy schmancy here. Mm, ooh la la. I'm still not sold on the folding screens. Are you not? You don't. You do you think there's going to be discoloration in the crease and over time and things like that? I think it's more that I prefer a very flat or at the very least continuous surface. Hmm. And I think even the smallest amount of physical change at that changeover can be visually distracting. Much in the same way that like if you have like a single dead pixel on a phone, it can just be mile. Yeah. Okay. I see it. And well, my thing was with Samsung, you know, the rolled edges that they put on there phones forever yep it, the screen that it, it just my wife gets the samsung's and i've had to replace the screens on it and it's a living hell and they always break they're the most fragile things ever and it's been nothing but problems so another samsung screen gimmick Makes me uh, a little leery. Well, it's the built-in obsolescence, right? Like, there's no no intention for these things to last more than a year. The expectation is that you're going to get a new phone a year from now. Maybe the screen lasts that long. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, maybe. I have not gone the Samsung way. I will be interested in the the tesla phone when it comes out i will i'm not saying that i will get it but it will be a serious contender for my money i did not know that was a thing oh no i think that's part of the whole um buying twitter thing you know you just bought a network you bought people who work on networks you bought uh free advertisement you're also doing starlink so you know what better than also having a already successful social media thing platform right that you know when say say they do get mad at him and say oh well apple's not gonna sell the not gonna have the Twitter app available anymore and so does you know Google well then what happens if like the Tesla software is like yeah well we do offer all those apps then it's gonna be like oh well shit not only can I have the Twitter app that I love Twitter so I'm gonna go get the Tesla phone and use the Tesla app whatever but all those other apps that i wasn't allowed to have i can have too i mean that'd be a a killer idea on his part and i think that's part of his plan to cover his bases with that kind of shit is it not going to be an android device no doing hardware and software see 
What's that Spanish for? Um, yes. Or yes. Yes. Speaking of Spanish, you know, um, there are things that are, are offensive to Spanish people that I would say probably aren't as offensive to Americans. Like, say when I'm on a job site, I say something like, hey, man, don't. Don't be lazy. Put, you know, pack that. I, I work on a crane, so say I'm lifting something above their heads. They're not packing it right in a, what we call a skid pan, which is like a trash can that you pick up with a crane. I can say that all day long, and it they don't care, right? But to most of your Hispanic guys, if I were to say, hey, get those girls over there who packed it, Skid pan earlier to teach you how to do it right to a Hispanic male on a job site. They they tend to take offense to that and it, it rubs them the wrong way and maybe they get it right next time because they don't want to be shown up by some girls. Americans tend to like you know, girls show up guys that, so what? You know? <laughs> it's not a thing, right? But in your Span your Mexican culture that's a little bit uh, more of an insult to the males. <clears throat> so another thing that is similar to that, I think you know from us talking earlier, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who originally was an American, but he lives in Japan now. He has some some property in Australia, I think he spends a lot of time there, or at least he seems like he does, because when he was speaking to me, uh, he was using a word in a very, like, friendly banter, but, I don't know, he was using it in a positive way, kind of like when Americans use some insulting words, but between friends, it's uh, it's actually a compliment. Then you compliment somebody by using a maybe a offensive word in some company. And he was using the word cunt. And I was thinking how much I didn't understand that was a offensive word in the U.S. until I did. And how easily I was... I just stopped using it in any company or just didn't use it in company because of I didn't want to have any problems with anybody I was talking to. Of course, he uses it in company because typically most people react to it positively where he, the kind of areas he hangs out in, right? And that's really the difference there. But I was thinking about how natural that is. Like there, There's words there that they don't do. There's gestures there that they don't do that probably wouldn't mean shit to us, right? But cunt has naturally just evolved into a word you don't use. And not, not just polite company, but you're even in your bar settings here in the U.S., right? 
And I was thinking, man, if somebody told me that I couldn't say cunt, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to say anything else. But because people found it offensive but didn't tell me I wasn't allowed to say it, I just naturally, you know, just didn't say it in most company. You're you're pointing out a few different things that add up to an interesting dynamic. So one is that I appreciate you being honest with the world and yourself about the fact that if someone told you not to do something, you're 10 times more likely to do it. I think most humans lean that way, but you certainly do to the extreme. But it is a natural human tendency. Whereas someone who's just trying to navigate the world and trying to do right by others and not be actively offensive all the time and meet folks where they are, you're going to localize a bit. And even if that's not being more or less offensive based on who you're around, even just changing regionally how you say things or how you approach things. I know that was an old trope before the internet of international travel. You'd see this on television shows where there would be these faux pas of a person going to another country and doing a hand gesture that in their country means something good, but where they are means something bad. And it's not that those things are illegal or banned or really even going to cause you meaningful negative consequence other than social stigma, which is incredibly powerful. I think we talk a lot about being free of these powers of the state of society of culture and talk about individualism a lot but at the end of the day we very much are influenced by other people and that's not a bad thing uh, no you're right it's it's not individualism I think that's what happens with uh, people outside of our circles is when we speak of individual uh, liberties we uh, they take it as d disconnecting from people from other people uh, but where we speak of individual liberties we we speak of it in a connecting way uh, to connect people of all different ways of life because we're saying that we don't want to tell them they can't do something on their property or with them that we might find uh, to not be we, we could we wouldn't we'd prefer it not on our property <clears throat> but we're not the kind of people who look to tell others what to do on theirs 
and that brings people together because now we can find a common ground somewhere where we just interact and we try to I don't know the right words to say but like we don't want to offend the other family our neighbor who we disagree with the way they live their life at their house but like we also don't care to tell them to do it any other way because it doesn't affect us right so we can live in harmony because of this whereas if we were voting for a politician to stop them from doing that we would have some sort of we would we would be introducing a violent act upon that family whichever one won in the voting right which changes that relationship between the two families because now it matters who wins the vote there's going to be some violent force forcing something upon one of them and that whole dynamic that interaction between those two families is changed so when we say individual rights we're not speaking about dividing people we're taking we're talking about taking away all the things that do divide people i do think it is interesting though that that word cunt has c word has found its way into the blacklist without being properly banned or censored but it's not universal like you said the very reason it's even top of mind for you right now is because it is used somewhat regularly in other parts of the world which i think just goes to show that we have two pieces at work here one of them is this natural social order that happens that we're talking about where things fall out of favor and it doesn't require it to be at the legal level but the other piece is that whatever those things are whatever those decisions whatever words fall in or out of favor a lot of that is arbitrary it doesn't actually mean anything it doesn't always come from something with some significance or substance because you're just as likely to end up on the other side of the world using the word casually at a barbecue right yeah i see it i mean i talked to like i said i talked to my friend he also knows that i'm uh one to say offensive things so like he doesn't really worry about curbing his speech with me so he says it these things to me the way he would say it to his friend mates at the barbecue right and i was sitting there listening to him and i was remembering back on when i and i think that's why it hit me so hard i was remembering back on when i realized that cunt was a bad word and it was way after i had known what bad words were 
it was actually after I was at the point where my parents couldn't tell me what words to say. I was really late to know that I thought it was like balls for testes, man. I I had I didn't use the word, but because it never really felt like the the word to to use really. So maybe I did use it, but it wasn't often. But I remember when I was like, why do people hate that word so much? And then I never got a real answer on that, but just the fact that people did, and they also weren't telling me that I couldn't say it, made me respect it enough to at least, if I didn't need to say that word, I wasn't going to say it. Well, it just goes to show that the movement around liberty isn't just spite. It isn't just, oh, well, can you legalize my ability to say the word cunt so I can say it all the time? Clearly not. Exactly. I mean, you and I know that we're both very much on the legalized drugs thing. Extreme. I've, I've been preaching about marijuana for years, about psilocybin, all that, right? I don't smoke marijuana. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I do. It's not pleasant for me. But I fight that. I fight for that every... I would fight for it on every front. Because it is a liberty that doesn't need... It just doesn't need to be illegal. Whether it's good or bad or however you feel about it. Putting people in a cage for it is not, is definitely not good. That's a law. There, there needs to be no laws around cunt, words like that around the N word, around drawing a swastika in Germany. None of that, because that's what that's why things like that grow or stick around or fester. Because you told people they can't do it. And then if you're a bad person, which if you're in government, you probably fucking are, right? They see those bad things happen to them or their family, right? And then they go, especially as a child, you watch your dad go to prison for smoking pot or selling pot, right? You're like, he wasn't hurting anybody. He's putting food on our table. And you put him in prison... You're telling me I can't draw a swastika? You're telling me swastikas are bad? You're bad. Maybe swastikas are good. Yes, that's flawed logic. But to a traumatized child, that makes perfect fucking sense. Well, and exactly the same with the language piece. It's not universal. Mm -hmm. Things that are legal... Some places are illegal, others. And likewise, things that are accepted or offensive are just arbitrary choices. So if you draw a swastika in Germany, you'll go to jail. If you draw one here, you will not. And it doesn't mean that our country is any more sympathetic to Nazis any more than it means that Australia is full of misogynists because they use the word cunt. It doesn't mean that. It just means that on a coin toss some time ago, we went left and they went right. 
But I think the the real message to get from this is, uh, however you feel about the word cunt, pussy, n-word, not allowed to say it. See, I find that interesting that you won't say it. I won't on our podcast. And I won't say it like as a derogatory term, but like if I were writing a book that needed it in that context, like the sentence I just wrote, I would say it, I would write it in that. But I'm not going to say it because, not because I, for one, it's not illegal for me to say it. So I'm not making a statement there. Two, there's just so many negative things that can come out of that. Like, um, there could be a black listener that is on the fence about all this government stuff. And the fact that I said that might shut him down before he ever gets to where he needs to be, right? So I'd rather save my kids then prove a point that the word doesn't mean that what it you know because it it means what it means to the person and I'm I'm not going to change that. But what if there's some cunt listening? And what if there is right? And maybe the, maybe that is the thing that pushes them overboard. But like you know, I weigh my. I have to weigh my options, my my risk reward value scale that we all should live by and cunt is one I think I can live with. Right now I think like there'll be a lot of girls that don't like it every time I use that word right now, cunt. But I don't think that they're gonna completely shut me out because I brought up the word cunt in America as a uh, example of voluntary social interactions as opposed to this law and order police state bullshit we got right now. Well, your your point is well taken in that the N-word is steeped in so much controversy and thoughts of racism and all of these different associations whereas I think cunt really just sounds crass it's not really tied to identity politics in any meaningful way I don't think anyone takes it as offense to any protected class I know, I know that's very statist language to be using, but it's a good shorthand for how we, well, we live in a statist. segment and category. Yeah, we live in a statist society right now, so like we're we're operating in that world, whatever version of Mario Brothers you want to say it is. Like <laughs> that's where we're at. So we we do yes, we are not status people, but we do interact socially with status people every day. When in Rome. Right. So 
I am offensive to an extent, but I hold back every day. Like a lot of people sit there and they'll tell me how crazy I am for saying the things I say, but they have no idea what's going through my head, how much stuff I'm holding back. So, and normally when I go to that level where I say something offensive to statists, it's when they've forced actively for something upon me or attempted to say feeling me out to see if I would get the vaccine or something like that and I say something offensive I do like though that this exercise proves out that it's not about saying offensive things for the sake of being offensive it's about wanting the right to say whatever you want and if you don't want to do harm to other people you won't i will butcher this but there's a there's a thing that pendulette said one time that i thought was really really cool but who's the guy who invented the razors the motorola razors <laughs> Okay. He said something along the lines of, I have raped precisely the amount of people that I want to. And that just stuck with me because the idea is it's not some law that is preventing him from doing some harm to some other person. Replace rape with murder steal from etc any act of harm you can do upon another person isn't prevented because of a law it's decency it's altruism and then a whole lot of social and cultural forces absolutely uh i think we've we've made that connection uh it recently I've noticed it being hit on Twitter with the all these new gun laws that they're trying to pass I guess they got through the house but didn't go through the Senate but it's you know well if this works so well why didn't we just put up uh, you know gun free zones in Ukraine if we want to stop you know the, the Russians from from invading with guns you know if, if you're not going to do it if if the good guy is not going to do it or the bad guy is not going to do it then the good guy damn sure shouldn't listen to him so like I mean think about let's say we did it and the Ukrainians put down all their guns all you people who all about saving Ukraine they like oh Gun free zone, put down, but then the bad guys didn't. Okay. They, okay, now imagine a world where they, the good guys and the bad guys put down their guns. Okay. How fucking cartoon is that world? It, can you even imagine that world in not a drawn animated character? Could you? Could you even see people really doing that in your mind? Because I can't. 
Now, I would argue that this distinction is also arbitrary, but they are at war. There is a lot of talk about, you know, handguns versus assault rifles, you know, mm -hmm. the this or that. Again, a lot of it I do think is arbitrary, but the point being made is we're not arming a society to shoot members of that society. We are arming civilians who essentially have to become soldiers in a war with weapons of war. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the distinction. But see, we are at war here. We're all at war. Those are two governments at war. The people are at war with the governments that they're under. The people don't want to be at war. The people in a house on the border trying to farm, they don't want there to be killing and shooting and bombing and all that shit on their property. They want to continue to farm and make money. The governments are at war. And the fact that the governments are at war and killing the people and starving their families and whatever means they're at war with the people of their own countries and of the opposing country. We are at war. We're just at war with our rulers. If we disarm, then what? Then whenever they make up a fucking flu virus, they can put us in a concentration camp like Australia? That's what we are at war. We're we do have to defend ourselves against evil people in our society. And that is a benefit of having a weapon. But having the weapon is the benefit. Just having a weapon is good. Because it tells your state that you're not going to lay down. That you're not going to kneel down when the firing squad comes. You're not going to lean against the fence when they tell you to. You're not going to put the fucking blindfold on so they don't have to look in their eyes when they pull the trigger and blow your brains out. That's what you're telling the state when you own a weapon. I'm not telling anybody to go out and shoot anybody. Not, Don't go hurt anybody. But have a weapon to defend yourself. Have a weapon to tell them, don't push it as far as some other rulers have pushed it. Something. Something to make sure the state is still scared of you, the person. Make sure your master in the office that you went and voted for, your little master, the person who, oh, I didn't like either of them, but I voted for the, the one that's least whatever. Make sure the least disliked master that you chose is still a little bit scared of you. Just a little bit. And then maybe, maybe you come around 
and realize that we don't need to be slaves anymore. Maybe we can fucking be free. Just try it. 